Hello and welcome everyone to Weekend Rental episode 43. We are everyone's favorite gaming and geek culture podcast. My name is Ryan and as always I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Nate. What's going on guys? Alright, Byron Burn. This is an exciting one I gotta say. Uh, if you're not familiar with Byron Burn, basically what we do is we pick a game. We each pick a game for a given system. We'll all play them individually and then give our thoughts on which game we would personally buy. Rent or burn the handheld of choice. This go around is the Game Boy Advance. Andy has gone with Urban Yeti. Nate has gone with Drill Dozer. And I've selected Ninja 5.0. So we're going to hear a little bit about each game. We'll talk about them um, in our experiences. And then we'll give the verdict. So we'll start off at the top with Andy's game, Urban Yeti. The description on this one, uh, throughout time, the legend of the Yeti creature has been with us. No matter what you choose to call it, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or Abominable Snowman, surely it must exist. But how has it evaded our scrutiny for so long? Is it possible that these creatures have been living among us for some time? Isn't it natural for them to want the same things we do? Do they crave the comforts of home and family? The time is coming to find out. You must help Urban Yeti deal with the complexities of civilization so he can find a suitable mate. This is a real game. That's it's an actual description. I, that's the thing. Like these type of game, these joke games come out all the time, like on steam for like two fifty now. But like, this was a game boy advance game that. Yeah. Retailed. People didn't slap these into cartridges. Plus put a box around it. Right. And ship it. And right. write a serious description about it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is the goat game of like 2001 or something. Yeah. This is definitely just a, a guy had a joke. It's like one of those game idea panels from the magazines that we've been doing come to yeah. life pretty much. Really? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So if, if those unaware, you're playing as Bigfoot, trying to find the female Bigfoot so you can mate and have more. Yetis. Big feet. Yeah, big feet. And uh, <laughs> it plays a lot like a uh, older GTA game, like top yeah, down. Yeah, like the first two for sure. Yeah, yeah that type of style of game you uh, run around and punch the kind of crazy part is though. Like there's different layers, even though you're looking top down, like it scales to different rooftops. So the sprites scale as you go up and down the different rooftops, which is something I don't know if I've really seen in a game like that. Yeah. It pulls um, off like a pseudo 3d modeling effect really well. Yep, exactly. Um, overall, the game is not all that great. But it is hilarious. Some of the stuff, like, I was actually laughing out loud pretty good. Like, how ridiculous it was. And it's like, I can't believe this came out on a Game Boy. Yeah, I agree. Like, as a game, it's not a good game, but it's, like, the most video-ass video game you could make. Like, just their yep. level of commitment to the sheer absurdity of their material and the world that they built is just, you gotta applaud it. It's so great. Yeah, it's weird. I the Yeti itself, I think I text you guys this that it looks like a sunburnt naked man just <laughs> roaming around this city. It it's so like I could not stop thinking about that. I'm like this is really really strange. I've never played anything like this. I never played the Grand Theft Auto games, but um I've seen some some gameplay of it. Very very similar. And, uh, I mean, compared to the other two games that we played, just way, way different, uh, even as far as 
looks go and sound goes and oh yeah it's just so it was just a bizarre game very difficult for me to even get into it was i just couldn't get past the the naked sunburnt man <laughs> i think that was like the prototype uh build of this game was urban naked hobo but then they got the m rating and they're like now nah, we're not gonna be able to sell this yeah we gotta make it yeti put some fur on him <laughs> this isn't gonna hit our targeted audience of 10 year olds so yeah just like uh, even just the intro with like all the text and like the Yeti pondering life and I, gosh, it was so, I mean, I was like grinning the entire time I was playing this, like not, not because I liked what I was doing, it, just because everything I was doing was so dumb that it was yeah. fantastic. And I don't mean to make it sound like it's a broken train wreck. It's not, I mean, it's just not a great game, but I think when you wrap that whole package around it, like as as a joke game and then like realizing that these devs like fully committed to their because it's not like a crappy licensed tie-in right it's just they came up with the cockamamie scheme and went whole hog on it so yeah it's awesome yeah i some of the jokes in there are really great too so i got stuck and i couldn't progress any farther and i don't know if it's because it's a joke or not um i don't know how far you guys got but you get down to the bridge to try and get to a different island, and it says uh, you need $4 to cross this yeah. bridge. Yeah. So, so then you go get it. Then you have to go find a newspaper to try and find a job. Um, oh. See, I so just tried to punching cops in the face. That was the wrong approach, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> there's GTA for you right there. <laughs> um, so I finally found the newspaper, and the job was to be a server at a soup kitchen. So then you go to the soup kitchen, and then there is a uh, mini game. It's basically Tapper. You're playing Tapper. Nice. To serve all these different people. And they said, uh, work all day at the soup kitchen and work for tips to uh, make $4 to cross the bridge. And I don't, I never got any money from it. I don't know if that's the joke that, you know, you're not going to get tips at a soup kitchen. Because so. you're Sasquatch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's funny. i have i have no idea but that's i played tapper people got angry and punched me i didn't make any money and that was the end of it but that's too bad and that but, birds constantly shit on you the whole huge game shits too yes yeah. the other pedestrians are fine they just really want to drop a deuce on old yeti there yeah sad i think when it started doing that intro like ryan was talking about like he wants to to find a mate and all that kind of stuff where I was like, oh, this isn't even a real game. Like, I literally thought it was a joke the whole time. Yeah. And then I was did some Google searching. I was like, oh, no, this is licensed and like fully. Yeah. Like you said, fully <laughs> committed and fully released. Uh, just it's so odd. Yeah. It's yeah. not awful. Like you said, it's not an awful game. No, it's just it's a game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And the, even like emit that image where they have uh when you're loading into the level or whatever. It's that green screen and just like the most ugliest like <laughs> yes thing of a yeti just staring at you and it's like it's so bad. They couldn't they couldn't pick a better picture like they're just like what's the dumbest thing that we could put on this screen right now and they did that. Uh, yep. I liked it. I was uh, thoroughly disappointed though that I couldn't like rip the roof off of a car and hop in and drive around the town. Yeah. I don't know if that happens later at some point where you can get into a vehicle, but I really wanted cool. to be a Yeti in a car, like hot pursuit. That would have been sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Crazy game, but 
one you'll never forget, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Nate's pick, Drill Dozer. Uh, the description on this one is shockingly basic. Um, so, in the platformer Drill Dozer, you take the role of Jill, the daughter of a crime boss who is set on revenge. When a rival gang steals away her family's heirloom, Jill gives Chase in her Drill Dozer an upgradable piece of power armor equipped with a large drill. Uh, this piece of equipment will help you navigate through six different areas where you will encounter varied enemies and bosses. That's exactly the game. I mean, unexciting job is the game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it is an action, I guess an action platformer kind of puzzler in a way. Cause there are some little puzzle parts of it. Um, it's a very, Here's here's where I had a very difficult time with the game. I'm just going to jump right into it because the game looks amazing. Like the colors, everything about the game looks like it's going to be something pretty awesome, something special. But I feel like they just failed to execute it well. It just felt kind of slow paced for me. I felt like okay, we we're in a, a drill dozer. We're going to move quickly through things and um it's actually polar opposite because you have to like shift through the gears to drill through walls. And that just for me felt like it was slowing the game down tremendously. So I didn't feel like I was making as much progress as I felt I should, but beautiful game. I mean, it's awesome looking game. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. And I, I, to some extent, I do think they did something special. I just think maybe hinging, the entire game on that drill mechanic, like you said, and making it as slow and repetitive. Cause it's really your other than jump. It's your only action button and you rely on it for everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was the same way for me. I, I was like, this is really cool. Like the, the setup's great. The visuals look amazing. The sounds good. But yeah, after about halfway through even that intro tutorial level, I was like, I, I am already sick of this drill mechanic. And then you're like, just continue to drill more and i think one thing to note that we're not judging here is that this is one of like a handful of cartridges that came out on the gba that featured a rumble um i imagine that would have added some to this game or at least would have been a nice novelty sure on the game boy advance but yeah i i agree i i think what could have been like an amazing platformer just kind of turned into a turtle turtles paced like game for me yeah. Yeah. I like the I mean, there were some good components of the game. I mean, having to like upgrade your gearbox and stuff like that was was good, but again, it didn't for me change the pace. Well, it doesn't it. change like, the game drilling. Play. Right, you weren't drilling that much faster. I felt like I wasn't drilling that much faster. Yeah, it's got so much personality. Like the story yeah. is just it's really cool and it's it just continues to go on. You know, you're really getting a, a feel for the, what the characters are in that game for something so simple. It's kind of crazy. Um, and I, I kind of agree with you. Like the mechanic of drilling is a novelty right away, but as soon as you have to do it more and more and more, it, uh, it, it does run thin and just like running through the gears. Like it takes a couple extra seconds every time you do it. Yeah. And it's like, well, on principle, it's very similar to a game like uh, Steam World Dig. You know, 
as far as like digging, getting different upgrades and mechanics and stuff like that. But uh, the mobility and the speed and the upgrades in like a Steam World dig game is just like hands and above better than this. Um, yeah, that's a great comparison because like that's that's a huge differentiator is like when you upgrade in Steam World dig, everything's faster and easier. But when you upgrade gears, it's just more tedious because now you're like you're doing quick time yep. events. Like if they'd have just let you hold the same button and just progress at a faster speed, like that yep. been a huge game changer. Yep. And I guess I didn't play it long enough to know, but I, I'm assuming that this kind of is more of a, like a Metroidvania where, you know, you, you're getting to some blocks or something that you can't drill through yet. So you have to go find upgrades or something like that. So it's yep, yeah, something where along those lines, that was my impression anyway. Yeah, I think like at that point after that first level where like they're having me use the drill to open and close a garage door, I was like, all right, I'm kind of I'm kind of good with this. <laughs> like, can we did I have to do that? <laughs> I mean, I could get having to go through it, but did I have to do it on the other side again, too? Come on. There's something about uh, like any I guess in my mind, GBA games look like the Yeti game. Like that's just kind of what I picture the games and some of the ones that we've done in the past with Byron Burns. And so when this game like came on, it was like, wow, this looks very crisp. It looks very just it looks like a very good game. Um, so I kind of changed my my mindset on the GBA a little bit. Yeah. Um, so especially, you know, yeah. the next game, too, is very an attractive game. So you should well, note that this was like released in 2006 i think it was like one of the last yes. ones that they ever released so it was and like all- they probably dripped every you know amount of power <clears throat> out of it but yeah and also it was done by game freak which should give you a good indication that the quality is gonna be better than average yeah right um, but yeah yeah i've never I, heard anybody talk about this game i don't know oh, if it's popular or, or not but yeah it's immensely popular it's gotten a huge following and like a good price yeah, I think so. because I, of i always get it confused with mr driller which is a completely different game yeah together but is that on the, the gba i think there was a gba version i, I think it was say. a port yeah. i i associate mr driller mostly with the dreamcast but it was also on playstation yeah okay but yeah, this is kind of one of those games that's kind of because of the late release is kind of considered a lot of people regard it, regard it well. Um, and I don't by any means like I, I sounded very negative in how I talked about it. I don't think it's an awful game. Like it's really cool. It's just like I don't have the patience for a game that requires this much monotony so early on. But yeah. all right. Let's move on to the last pick. <clears throat> another late release with another high profile collector um hidden gem mentality. I, I think this game is very expensive, but Ninja Five O. Mm-hmm. Uh the description on this one again, I, this was basically kind of a budget title, so it doesn't have much of a description. Uh nobody heard about this when it came out. Take on the role of Ninja Five O as he uses his skill, stealth, magic, and magic to rescue hostages and defeat his enemies. Uh, master the art of ninja swords, shuriken throwing stars, and ancient ninjutsu magic. That's all there is to it. Um, yeah, like I was saying, this game has gotten a lot of praise, a huge price hike. Uh, it was a very late release, budget title, and it's awesome. It's kind of like if you combined the best parts of Ninja Gaiden, Rolling Thunder, and Shinobi, and made them all run ridiculously smooth. 
and animate gorgeously that's this game like it's and even bionic commando you've got some of like the traversal there oh yeah Yeah. this game is just great i don't know it's like it looks so basic too when you first boot boot it up like because everything is kind of generic about it like there's no you know it's a ninja there's a bad guy like they all look like you've seen in a million other games but the way they animate and the fluidity of it is just awesome um and then every once in a while they'll come up against like a harder enemy or like a rival ninja and like learning to kind of time attacks and block and jump it's i don't know i i really thought this was gonna be one of those games that people just overhyped because it's expensive but no this was an amazing game yeah i agree this this is an incredible game um not what i expected Again, this whole GBA mentality for me is just kind of basic games, but man, it it looked so good, and the playability of it is insane. I like I loved the the Bionic Commando like hook that you throw up, and uh, one thing that I just thought was really interesting when you go up to like certain platforms, um, instead of just like jumping like you typically would, like you can hang on them. And uh, it's just a cool mechanic and uh, just a nice little detail that they threw in there. They really paid attention to those little details with um, throughout the whole game. Just made it made it really interesting. Made me want to like keep on going and keep on playing. And um, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, I completely agree. Like it it nails pretty much the look, the feel of an action game better than I could really. I, I don't know if I could name a better one really in my mind that, that has the amount of different tricks and movement in this, like the bionic commando stuff. Like this feels way better than any of that bionic commando stuff. Yeah. And it just pulls of it off so simply too. I mean, it's just yeah. really three buttons, but it's so fluid and, and it works exactly how you want it to work. Mm-hmm. And, I love the power-up system where that is your life. You know, the amount of hits that you take. It's kind of like a reward for how good you are. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you get to you drop down a level of your uh, power-ups if you get hit. Gain some more. Um, but overall, like, you look at, like, Urban Yeti, which is a game that they were trying to make into a, a type of game that isn't built for Game Boy Advance. You know? And this one is like built on a very basic retro style game, like collect the keys, pick up some power ups, shoot some guys that are behind boxes or something like that. You know, it's like save some people. Yeah, yeah, it's like the most retro style game. Yeah, but it absolutely nails every little like control to it. And it feels great. Yeah, and it's worth noting, too, that I guess this was developed by Hudson and published by Konami. So. Mm, like yeah. it's got some power behind it yeah i can't believe that game's going for like 130 Stupid. bucks yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've never it, seen a game boy advance game that expensive and, and it's always been that way like 10 years ago it really? was still over a hundred dollars yeah yeah and then wow. once the youtube thing started blowing up and hidden gems like that just elevated it skyrocketed yeah interesting it's worth i mean it's worth it in a way where it's Oh yeah. Nearly one of the best GBA games I've ever played ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably like, 
I don't know, like it just captures like how I'd want a ninja game to play so perfectly in a 2D context. Like it's super arcadey, it's super fluid, yep. but it's not punishing. It's it's really good. Like shockingly good. I can't believe that this hasn't seen like a re-release or a port on anything else. Maybe it has on like virtual console. I'm not sure. I doubt it because Hudson kind of got sucked up, right? And well, Konami owns them, yeah, and they don't yeah. do anything with Hudson stuff anymore, really. <clears throat> Konami doesn't do anything with their own stuff anymore. Yeah. So you knew about this game before by Rent Burn that it was. Yeah, I kind of picked it because you were picking game. like one of like the Holy Grail or like the hidden gem games, and I was like, well, if he's going with Troll Dozer, I'm going with Ninja Five O. Oh, I thought you were I... talking about okay. Urban Yeti. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> I, I forgot am, about that one. I am glad you brought that one though. That's that's great. Yeah. But yeah, I'd never played Drill Dozer or this one, and I honestly picked this one thinking like there was no way that this is going to be as good that. as everyone says it is, you know. But yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Well, should we go back through and give our picks? It's probably fairly clear, but uh, Andy, you want to <laughs> so- go? It first? sounds clear. Yeah, uh, my buy is obviously going to be Ninja Five O, which in other territories is called Ninja Cop, which is a way better name. Just Ninja Cop. Love I don't it. know if, if he was on the cover, like on a surfboard, like in the like curl of a wave, like that would be pretty badass. But yeah, they kind of squ- yeah. squandered the Five O. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's I don't I can't say anything's. Any Game Boy game is going to be worth, you know, paying $150 for, but <laughs> this is probably up there mm-hmm. just because I don't think you're ever going to see this anywhere else. And I th- think it probably plays pretty well on an actual system, too. If you're going to play it on there because I think it it's it's the most out of these three. It's the most well made for that system, I think. Um, and yeah. I love how it's just like bare bones. It's we made a retro ninja game and that's we made it you know, perfect almost. Whereas my rent, you know, drill dozer tries to add a lot of story or something to it. It's, it's almost like it's metal gear solid constantly. Somebody calling you <laughs> like, Hey, we got to yeah. talk to you about this. talk about that, which is fine, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it, it looks beautiful. Um, and I, I do enjoy those type of games, but, yeah, once it comes down to it, where the main mechanic is something that is so repetitive and takes maybe five seconds once you upgrade it, who knows, you know, that that would get kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my burn, unfortunately, is going to be Urban Yeti. I think this is like the best Byron burn maybe we've ever done. Like, I loved all these games, all for different reasons. Right. Yeah, but, I'd agree uh, with that. Yeah. Urban Yeti is just, it's not quite there as a good playable game, I would say. Sure. But it's worth anybody uh, popping it in for like 20 minutes and just <laughs> realizing how amazing this joke of a game made it onto an actual <laughs> retail shelf. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree. I think as a podcast, we need a reach out to the developers and see if we can do an interview and be like, what were your thoughts on this? Like how much weed were you smoking? (laughs) How serious (laughs) when you were in the office, did you just laugh at it the whole time? Or were you like, yes, all right, this is going to be great. The sad backstory is probably that it was like 
completely developed by Tom DeLong, and it's not a joke at all. Like he really thought this was <laughs> how Yetis have survived and lived under our noses this entire time. Uh, that's great, uh, Nate. What about you? Yeah, I I think it, it's pretty clear. I think we've we've laid the path out. Um, I mean, the buy obviously is Ninja Five O. I've never played a game like that on the Game Boy Advance. It's beautiful, plays smooth, has some just real charm to it. So that was just as soon as I started playing, I was like, okay, well, this is there's nothing that's going to beat this because this was the first game that I that I started playing, and so. Um, yeah, Ninja Five O definitely. Uh, Rent is Drill Dozer. I I just feel like they they could have sped the game up just a little bit, and it would have been it would have been right up there for me because uh, it had a cool story, it had the look, and um, yeah, there is just missing just a little bit. But it was definitely something that as a kid I would have been totally content renting and been enjoying it and then um the burn is is the yeti we're burning that thing um he is burnt so that, already it looks like he's he's sunburnt <laughs> he, um it's just it's those type of games are not games that i enjoy um so that kind of already had that against it and um when you put it up against like these two juggernauts it, like it is a good game for what it is but you can't compare it to those two other games that just fall short um, pretty significantly. Yeah, um, no surprise, I'll agree. Ninja 5.0, without question, is the buy. Um, I just loved everything about that game. Um, and Drill Dozer, I think, you know, for as much hype as it gets, I can't say that the people that feel that way about it are wrong. I just think that it immediately leans so heavily into its one repetitive mechanic that it, it takes it down to a level um, for me where it'd have to just be a rent. I mean, but it's still an enjoyable game. And I loved Urban Yeti for how ridiculous it was. It's just not as good of a package gameplay wise as the other two. So, but I would definitely buy that if I saw it. What does that one go for? Do we know? Is that expensive? Oh, yeah, I don't know. You'd think if people knew about it, right. it would be one of those things that people would buy. Because it couldn't have sold that well. That's my whole thing. Is like how big yeah. of a production run could this possibly have had? I want to see one complete in box. <laughs> that would just be. It's about okay. Well, this is interesting because it's almost forty bucks. It's not that it, bad. Uh, well, it's more expensive than Drill Dozer. Which is like a thirty. I mean, it's a few dollars but more. I bet Drill Dozer had a bigger production run because, like, that was pretty touted at the end of the Game Boy Advance's mm-hmm. life cycle. Whereas this was, sure. you know, Urban Yeti was more just kind of <laughs> like budget release. Serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is crazy, though. Yeah, I wouldn't picture it being that expensive. You can probably, get a... It's amazing. Some of those handheld games they they seem to hold their prices very well. Like 3ds, all that yeah. stuff seems to hold their prices fairly well. Well, a lot of that, you know, Game Boy Advance stuff too, especially first party because they did so many Super Nintendo ports, like you know Yoshi's World and Super Mario Land mm. and Super Mario Advance. Like all that stuff sits at like thirty bucks still loose card. It's crazy. Yep. 
crazy. But yeah. Another Byron Burn, another Yeti Torched. All right, so moving on from Byron Burn, let's get into uh, the world of gaming, what's been going on, what we've been playing, news, things that have happened. There's been quite a bit that's happened. We're a little late to some of it uh, on Nintendo Direct we can get into, but I think the most recent news is the video that uh, Nintendo President of America, Reggie fils put out uh, announcing that he is leaving and retiring and that the evil overlord Bowser is taking over. Doug Bowser, not, not the Bowser you're thinking. <laughs> That's his first. Name. I thought Reggie was great and uh, super bummed to hear that. I was. I don't know if I was really necessarily surprised by it though. I wasn't shocked, but that's um, yeah, kind of he's kind of the face of Nintendo that I know uh, besides Miyamoto. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's like the most shocking part of it is like when you have companies that prolific in a certain industry, usually you don't have such a charismatic, recognizable, like down to earth, or at least he would appear, um, you know, in public person as Reggie. And I, I kind of felt like a little shocked that he was stepping in. Cause he's not that old of a guy, really. I figured he would see, he would be. see the switch through at least before stepping down. But I suppose, I mean, really, if you look at what he's done, he came in during the Wii era. Um, and now he's exiting at the height of the switch. So really like he came and left at pinnacle points. So it's a good time to walk away. And when you yeah. make money like that, it's pretty right. late to retiring. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. The CEO of Nintendo America. Do they typically, they're probably over 30 K a year, right? <laughs> yeah. I would say like with benefits, it's probably almost like a 40 K a year job. Um, 40 K a year. Yeah. Man, that's I pretty good. But, you know, that's the other part, though, too, is usually the, those type of guys, like the guys that make it to that level, like they just can't stop. So it's yeah. I kind of respect the man for saying, like, look, I want to go spend time with my family. Like, that's a respectable thing at his level to just kind of break that tie and go do it. Yeah. And to leave on top, like you said, just like the switch is in a good place. Uh, the Wii. Yeah, that was. Yeah, he doesn't have a ton of low notes in his career if you think about it i mean there's some well, the, bad well, things the, the wii happen. u you know but uh aside from that <laughs> right. four year span it was pretty good right but i mean like yeah he's um he's really pushed the switch to kind of what it is and what i mean i always associate nintendo and reggie that's kind of just what i've done and that's what i know and um, yeah it was a cool video that he put out and definitely showed his appreciation to nintendo and even more so the fans of nintendo he really played into that really well so yeah i i mean you can definitely tell like he comes from a different breed than awada and a lot of the guys in japan like those guys are programmers and and you know gamers first they really into like how games are made and stuff where reggie you can tell he's he's a businessman you know like even though he'll say, 
well, my favorite game is, and then it's like input last game we released, you know, like I always play input, you know, yeah, he's definitely a sales guy in that respect, but you definitely, uh, he has a sense of humor and a personality about it, I guess that I'm going to miss. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I think that's going to be the hard, like, I, I'm not envious of Bowser at all. Um, and like the shoes he has to fill because. I don't know. How do you think Doug Bowser will do in that role? I don't know a whole lot about, I mean, I know he's been with Nintendo for a while um, in other roles, but I, he hasn't been as public facing. So I guess it's, it's tough to see. Like, I think the biggest challenge he's going to have is just coming off, you know, as genuine and public facing for, um, I guess one of the more demanding subsets of gaming culture nintendo fans like the diehard fans um i think they've come to expect that out of reggie and out of miyamoto um and some of mm-hmm. you know they're i mean they really like nintendo really does have a rock star like internal talent that have just become so public facing they're so ingrained into the culture that you have to almost be that as the nintendo of america president so i guess once he steps out and does like his first you know, maybe they'll do a direct with him or, I mean, E3 will be big and telling, but I don't know. Hopefully he, like, I honestly feel bad for the guy. Cause like how many times a day do you think he has like a Bowser joke man at him? And he has to just, how, how many years until he just completely snaps and like chokes a kid <laughs> out <laughs> in like a Pikachu costume or something. Uh, it could happen at E3. The pressure just <laughs> gets too many buckles and <laughs> starts choking some kid out. Yeah. What did you call me? Uh, Bowser? <laughs> that ki- I, yeah, I would not be envious of that job. I mean, Nintendo fans are a different breed, you know? <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you're always, you're always going to make somebody unhappy. And those guys are the most loyal and the most outspoken people that, yeah, it'd be rough. What he needs to do is like be assertive and make a good, bad decision. I want him to just come out. The first thing he says is I'm Doug Bowser, Nintendo of America president, and I'm killing the motherfucking 3DS. It's done. We're not making any more. There's no more games. Yeah. It's dead. Everything's on the Switch. Then he just drops the mic, walks away, just polarizes <laughs> no, he, the fan base. I'll applaud the hell out of him. Yeah. Like, about time. He goes even further and says, we're going to kill the Switch and walks off. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just not our out. future. <laughs> if I were him, I'd just come out right away and be like, Mother 3 is not coming. Do not even ask, ask the question. <laughs> Don't yeah. ask. Yeah, Reggie had to deal with that for how many years? <laughs> I heard somebody talking about somebody from Nintendo commented on that recently about how there was some like contextual piece within the narrative of that game that they felt was too offensive or controversial for uh European and North American audiences, so they have no plans to ever officially release it. Really? But, really? Who knows? I mean, there is a translation patch and a ROM out there at this point. So mm-hmm. we're probably, if you really were that hardcore into playing that game, you've done it by now. Oh yeah. There's no re- reason that you need to <laughs> get it out on anything else, I guess. But yeah. And then outside of that, which is, you know, sad, interesting news, I guess, depending on how you look at it. We also got that Nintendo direct that 
was rumored forever. Um, it was a short switch only. Um, I think that's important because they've been leaning more into the 3ds on stuff than I think people expected. Um, but a switch only direct, it was, it was good. I felt like I'm not a big fire emblem guy. They spent way too much time on fire emblem. Uh, I didn't, I'm, I don't want to make anybody mad here, but I really don't give a crap about Mario maker. Um, Mario Maker was a great concept until you played Mario Maker and realized that instead of an infinite run of cool Mario levels, you just got an infinite run of maddening, frustrating, don't touch anything or I'm going to make your life hell levels. Yeah. So it quickly progressed into something that I wanted nothing to do with. Um, so I don't know. It's cool that there's a second one. It's cool that it's coming to the Switch, but that wasn't. I wasn't applauding that. I think the big ender and one that I literally, I had this on my cell phone, pretty sure my boss was talking to me from across my cube wall. I had near butt in still. She was talking about, some, I don't know what was happening. I think it might've been important, but I just like, as soon as that Island panned up for links awakening and I saw that egg up there, I was just like, just brimming. And then when they, like she walked away, they finally announced it. And I'm just like, yes. And the guy across from me in the cube is just looking at me like there's something wrong with me, <laughs> but I'm real excited about links awakening being remade. Um, yeah. And I love people were kind of like, I don't know about the graphics, but I love that it was just looked like a animal crossing ish update. You know, it was like, it's still a traditional like link to the path style overhead view and uh i didn't need like if i didn't need more than that that's cool like that that was perfect for me i love the graphic style looks yeah. great i'm i'm kind of interested to see if they do more with it outside of the original game because it's not a very long game right right so it's true but it's a very weird game so i hope that the weirdness is still there yeah like the references to other franchises and yeah war and Goombas yeah. and a whole bunch of the stuff. Yeah. I don't know who I was listening to some podcast and like somebody was just like freaking out. They're like, we might get a 3d wart. And I was like, <laughs> I guess like that doesn't really get me all excited, but yeah, I'm excited about that too. I think it, it's something that the graphics don't bug me. I, I for some reason, that's just kind of how I would picture it and, and what it would, would be. So I don't know what else I would be expecting. I think it was interesting to, as soon as they, I, I would say that was the thing that grabbed everyone's attention the most. And they probably didn't spend as much time on that. Uh, <laughs> and so, I mean, Twitter was blowing up where everyone's so excited, but there were some people that were kind of taking it a little bit too far to the point where they're like, Oh, I was, I've been waiting so long for this remaster or whatever it is. And, um, I don't I don't know. It was just kind of weird. I was like, you probably weren't even thinking about this game until right. they just dropped it on you. Well, uh, then so the community was kind of funny to your point, too. Like I heard some people even going to like an extreme that I hadn't even considered. And they're just like, well, that's all the switch is, is just more ports. I'm like, dude, this is like a like completely re envisioning of a game that hasn't come out anywhere in over 20 years. Like, how is this a port? Like, this is yeah, awesome, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody could have expected them to take a Game Boy game and remake it. You know, that's yeah. right. 
It's pretty. That's crazy. exactly what it is. I mean, it's a remake. It's not a port. So yeah, I yeah. think I think everyone and myself included was kind of expecting that they were going to just bring over the uh, Twilight or not Twilight either Twilight Princess or um, Skyward Sword like that have been rumored. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. all right, like I could see that, but yeah, this is this is cool. And I think to me, this signals something very important. Like I was kind of joking about the 3DS dying, but you look at this and like this probably would have been right at home on the 3DS, right? So it's it's. Yeah. I'm glad that they didn't do that. And they're like, no, we're going to take this game that would have worked in that format and put it on a much better, crisper-looking screen and still give it to you as like an at-home, like full-fledged release. And um, we'll get $20 more for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> still cool. Well, did they, did they yeah, do an MSRP on it? Do we know? Is it going to be 60 or? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would guess so. I'm sure it's every uh, yeah. bit of 60. It is a first party game, you're right. Yeah. And it'll be sixty for four years yeah, after this. Yeah. So Nintendo Tax is real. That their stuff holds value. I think um, you know, some of the other stuff that came out of that, like the Tetris ninety nine drop, which has kind of become like a hallmark of the whole Nintendo Direct is like, here's the thing now. Uh that was cool. I already have Switch Online. Uh so it's I don't know, it's fine. It's Tetris with like some dick moves thrown in. I, I don't get too crazy about it. And then I think the <laughs> thing that I was really fired up well my so a couple other demos that they announced, the Yoshi's cardboard clusterfuck or whatever it's called. <laughs> uh we downloaded that. Super cute, super adorable. My kids love those games. They both instantly were just like watching that download bar and played it immediately. Um they're ex- I'm excited for that one just to watch them enjoy it. Uh but then that uh is it what what's the mech one danis mock no is that it x machina yeah Yeah, that's so i was pumped when they announced that that was going to get like this available demo to like test out the game and i got in there and well and nate happened to be over when i was playing it and looking up for the first time and i was like i love the way this looks i love the art style i like the ease but it felt like I was playing a Robotech game from like 2002. And I was like immediately mm. kind of crushed because I'd been putting so much like hope into this game. And it's, it's not something that I'm not going to like. It's just something that I'm going to wait until it's $20 to buy because I can already tell it's not what I wanted. It's, it's slow. It's a mech game. It's very Japanese. Yeah. I, I appreciate what it's doing and it brings me back to like my Xbox and GameCube days or PS2, but what a letdown. I was, I was so bummed. I had the exact same reaction to that. Cause that first trailer, I'm like, this looks awesome. And then that second one was like, okay, this is, this is a mech game. And I just, yeah, there's too much going on in those type of games that make it, you know, prevent fun really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was just kind of a bummer, but. What are you going to do? I am excited I wa- for Fire Emblem, but they spent way too much time talking about nonsense. Yeah. Well, and no, um, no Animal Crossing. I thought that was kind of surprising. I wonder if that's the E3 thing. The treehouse? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure. Then again, what do you show off for, you know, like, what do you show off in Animal Crossing? It's like, this is new Animal Crossing. It might have a couple extra features, but it's the same game you always wanted or you always had, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, now they're rumoring again another Nintendo Direct coming up. Um, a, Kind of like a 
shortly announced one and that's going to be on the pokemon or maybe it won't be nintendo direct but some news on the next gen pokemon i I guess i heard today that it's going to be rumored pokemon king and queen are like the working titles so Hmm. yep i don't know that's tomorrow right yeah yeah they're saying 27th yeah. yeah yeah which do you guys see the second trailer to the pikachu movie no is there a new trailer no yes it is I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's all absolutely disgusting, gross. What those things look like in like oh that. yeah, and I it's you know a guy plays Deadpool and Pikachu in the same year. Basically, it's just I can't believe that thing actually exists. Like I I look at that thing three or four times, and it's like this is in 1998 when that came out. I wouldn't have pictured that this would have come out. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to check that out. I'll have to watch it. I know, like, I don't know what happened. You know, my kids always knew kind of what Pikachu was and, like, Pokemon. Um, but lately, my daughter came home from school, and a girl there had, like, a bunch of Pokemon trading cards. So now, like, they're buying Uh-oh, cards. No, no, um, no. My daughter and my son are both watching all the shows and the movies. And I'm just <laughs> like, it, yeah, like, at least once a week, I'm asked when the Pokemon movie's coming out. So yep. this house is converted. My kids have gone a whole hog into Pokemon. Uh, when my kids start watching Pokemon, I just turn it off right away. Cause I know it's going to cost <laughs> me so much money. You don't want to watch this garbage. Get it out of here. <laughs> this is not appropriate show for you guys. Yeah. I, I don't know how that came about, but it's kind of crazy. Cause I've never, I mean, I've, I don't know. I, I didn't mind the anime, but like I never got into the games or the cards or anything. I was a little too old for that. Yeah. I was right on the edge. Got into it. Well, and uh, I suppose we could talk about some unrelated switch news and rumors that were outside of the direct. And that is that Microsoft leak, uh, supposedly they're going to be putting, we kind of talked, I think we might've talked about last time about how um, they thought, Xbox Live would be integrating into the Switch, but now they're saying that Game Pass might. Yeah, and that's kind of what I predicted last podcast, too, that yeah. like, there's more to this than just putting Xbox Live on it. And, yep, sure enough, sure seems like it. <clears throat> yeah, so now they're they're speculating that they're, like, what do they call it, like, xCloud or whatever? That Microsoft is, it, it, basically, it would be the infrastructure, kind of like what we've seen Nintendo already doing in Japan with, um, what was it? Some Resident Evil 7, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, or one of yeah. them, I think, um, that you can purchase and you stream to your Switch. Uh, Japan it has an easier time because of the infrastructure, but theoretically, they could be working with Microsoft to do the same thing here. So, If Game Pass was like a one-stop service that was available on Switch, PC, and Xbox, though, that's... That's a phenomenal amount of bang for your buck. That's yeah. I think Microsoft is setting themselves up pretty well for this next gen, the way yes. they're growing, you know, hitting this, I think. Well, and Nintendo that arguably is like one of the, like when you think Xbox games, like that is one of the markets that's the most underserved 
mm-hmm. on the Switch. I mean, we were getting some stuff like Wolfenstein <laughs> 2 and Doom, uh, but there's no Call of Duties. There's no, I mean, you know, the stuff that could potentially be on Game Pass and stream down to your Switch is that's uniting two um, very large audiences and making one really attractive package to fight against Sony. Yeah. And didn't they say they were, I think the rumor was also that they might even be publishing games for the Switch itself? Yeah. It, uh, I mean, they're saying um, things like uh, Cuphead, um, some stuff like that could be coming over, or in the Blind Forest. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I would, I would love to see that. And to be honest, I don't think Nintendo has anything to lose. Um, it's not going to hurt the sale of their first party titles. It's just going to move more hardware. I don't think indie games are going to take a hit. I think it gives indie games a different option because if I'm an indie dev and I want to build something that runs for Xbox architecture and it can then be on game pass and also played on the switch like hell yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of them will still gravitate towards the switch anyway. Yeah. And then on the flip side, I mean, for Sony to even compete with an ecosystem like that, like they're going to have to be ultra competitive. They're going to have consumer friendly. So, yeah. And they're going to have to like really come up with a strong set of first party exclusives for next gen. Like they're going to have to announce those like as PS five is coming out and really get people excited about those to maintain that audience. Exactly. Will it happen? Who knows? Is it a pipe dream? Probably. But it has me excited. Yeah. yeah Speaking like, of Game Pass, I've been playing uh, Crackdown. Did you? I downloaded it. Yeah, played it a little while. And it, man, it's a game that's from 2008. It's <laughs> it's nuts how it, it's just Crackdown. Like, how long, how did this take this long? To make Crackdown 3 when it's just like, it's just another Crackdown game. <laughs> I think the only answer is is that they completely scrapped everything they had done up to a certain point. And just went and they're back like, to the old thing. Right. I think like Game Pass came about and they're just like, whatever, let's just make some like B-list trash that can go. Yeah. It's fine for mindless fun, but it's it's just like, hey, do, you know clear out the gas stations five different times and you get to fight this boss and clear out the, you know, well, I've heard it's like five hours is like the campaign. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very long. I've heard either, but I got a little frustrated because I hadn't had Xbox live or game pass. Well, Xbox live had expired like a couple years ago for me and then I had never had game pass. So they had the deal where it was like pay two bucks for two months of game pass. Then it renews at like the regular. So mm-hmm. I signed up or whatever. And then I renewed my Xbox Live. And now I cannot figure out for the life of me how to turn off auto renew because it will not let me remove, remove my form of payment. So I am completely, I'm sure there's a way to do it, but I spent more time trying to figure out how to get my card out of there than I did purchasing the two services and setting them up and downloading the game. So thanks, Microsoft. <laughs> That's how they get you. Yeah. So I have two months to figure that out before I'm paying for something I don't want <laughs> or won't use. It's crazy what they're getting on there, though. Like Shadow of the Tomb Raider is on there, and yeah. that just came out last fall. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it out. I mean, there's definitely some titles that have hit that that I want to go back and play. I was thinking I should play through 
Gears 4 because I've played through every mainline Gears. So mm-hmm. probably do that, play some Horizon. And then we'll see what happens. It's just been so long since I've used my Xbox. I forgot how convoluted that interface is. Like I had, I literally could not figure out how to navigate the Xbox menu anymore. It had changed so much. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Buttons are weird. At least they got rid of that. Like press B, it goes back to the other app that you had open. That was the most annoying thing that I've ever seen in any UI. I feel like they still have a long way to go though to streamline that. Oh yeah, they had it so good on 360. Like, how did they go in such a bad direction? Because they had TV and everything else in there too. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and they probably leaned into the fact that you just talked to your Connect and told it what to do, and it did it for you instead of actually mm. having to use your controller. I don't know. All I know is that Apex Legends is awesome. Yep. And I'm real I... bad at it. No, 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 no. I'm Let's, good uh, in comparison to some on this podcast. You are um, champion status if you and I were to play side by side. I I just I just got into this game, so Ryan got me excited about it. He said, hey, it's, it's a Fortnite, but better for adults, and it's just something that is a little more appealing. And to me, it seems... Like way faster, fast paced, and uh, oh, it's so good! It is so good. I'm so bad. I don't know how many hours I got. Maybe like five and a half hours into it, zero kills, zero. I can confirm the three that we played together that you did not get kills, and it was bad, right? You would have killed that one person who was downed until I yelled at you and told you to stop wasting your ammo. Probably, yeah, because. I was like, no, people are coming to kill us. Like, he'll bleed out. Leave him alone. I was like, <laughs> and, I need to get that kill. You don't understand. Yeah, pretty much as I said that, Nate was getting shot in the face and died. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I've, I, I kind of, I played it a lot since the last time we recorded. And I went through like a few day stretch, like the learning curve, kind of like Nate did, where it was just like, I am not getting this. This is not clicking. I feel bad for the people I'm playing with. I'm just going to stop. And then like the last, two, three days I've gotten to the point where I'm not like, I am not setting any records by any means, but I'm at least getting a few kills and, uh, not being a complete worthless sack. So not, no Thanks offense. That. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not directed at you. <laughs> I swear. You just looked in the camera when you said that. Well, I did. Cause I felt useless. <laughs> so it, yeah, I'm going for a record too. It'll get most, there. Most, time not having any kills new record right here yeah i i told you guys like the first time i played it was it was frustrating because i didn't play with the right people and i didn't set it up on a private party so it was me and another noob as you would say with zero zero kills zero damage any of that we get thrown in a team with a champion that is got hundreds and hundreds of kills and this guy was completely pissed completely pissed off that he was stuck with these two people so much that he would he was talking and he's like who am i even gaming with and they just left the match and left me and this other guy to just 
fend for ourselves and it didn't go it was like we dropped right into fire and it was 10 seconds it was over it was not good which is funny that like people get so worked up about and how competitive they get into it because like really these battle royale games are so like disposable like you know it's drop Mm -hmm. die repeat i mean it's I guess maybe in like certain cases like Fortnite where you're working towards like achievement points and things like that and unlockables would be different. But like so far, Apex has none of that really. So I don't know. Like why get upset that you have someone on your team who you don't think is up to snuff compared to you? But to your point, it is insane. There are people already two weeks into this thing that just have hundreds of kills. Like unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like I love it. Battle Royales, you need such a high install base to even keep the game running. Because, I mean, you need so many to play the game in the first place that Mm -hmm. it's kind of a bad idea to (laughs) make it so, you know, make it uh, that you're rude and trolls to the uh, newbies because you're just going to alienate your game and eventually it'll die. Right. And I still hold that, like, the one thing this game does perfectly is that quick communication, like R1 flash system. Like, yeah. you can completely be or disconnected from the voice chat and effectively call out, here's where we should go, there's an enemy, pick this up. So it's it's very nice if you don't want to deal with online dipshittery to just go silent on that end and still work as a team. I did have my buddy the other day we were dropping in and you have one flight master. It's not like other battle royale games. Like everyone drops in together. You don't have to, but genuinely that's what happens. And he thought it'd be funny to like clip me on the side of a balloon on the way down so that I fell short of where they landed. And they were just laughing about it. And this is my first game in with them that day. And I was like, you know what? Screw you guys. Like you don't want you to clip me. I'm going to take myself out of the game. So I like went over and hucked myself off the edge of the map but you can't even suicide yourself right because like my uh, body was recoverable from the edge of the cliff. So oh really? Wow. My my aha moment didn't uh, work out so great. They they brought me back. <laughs> huh. And nobody's talking about Anthem, which is kind of what, crazy. What's Anthem? I don't know. I've heard yeah. the bad reviews about Anthem. Yeah. I heard that one of the guys who developed Diablo 3 wrote a big Reddit about everything that should be fixed in Anthem to make it a fun loot grind. <laughs> <laughs> so you that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think making a not very good game and then also like having like four different release days for it doesn't help sell your product because it doesn't give you any hype behind it. Also releasing a battle you know, a really successful battle royale game the same week, basically. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Oh, and that's kind of like, uh, who was I? I was playing with somebody online the other day, and they were talking about Anthem, and just like freaking out, and they're like, like Bethesda needs to stop doing this crap. Like, I don't want like online multiplayer or anything. Like, just give me a Fallout. Like, give, you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I, that is what people wanted, but also I don't think Bethesda is that Bethesda anymore. So yeah. I don't know. I, I had, you know, surprisingly, I hadn't heard a lot of hype or like run up about Anthem until it was getting closer. Like, I know people have been aware of it for a while. Like, I, it just was not on my radar. 
And then it seems like since it released, it hasn't been on anyone's radar. So that's kind of crazy because all anyone's talking about is Apex. Yeah. And to have that come out, you know, two weeks before from the same company, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of, you got to kind of scratch your head and like wonder who made that decision. At least one of them is bringing in the dough, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's a pretty good crossover, the type of people that would play that, you know? Yeah. Well, because it is like a first-person shooter, right? Like, it's a first-person shooter MMO sort of thing. Or online squad-based. Yeah. Brian Doohickey. Yeah. yeah, it's like Destiny. Yeah. Oh. Destiny. Yo. I think if I was going to play something like that, that wasn't Destiny... I would also just go the free route and play Warframe would probably be my choice mm-hmm. over Anthem. But Poor Anthem. These games don't have like a great track record either of being fixed later down the road. You know, they'll always try and do a bunch of stuff, but usually it's so hard to bring that fan base back. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like, how fast is this game going to be? $10. Next week. I mean, Mass Effect Andromeda was probably the quickest I've seen in a long time. That got down to that level like real fast. I could see this being close to that as well. Yeah. Starlink has also been on a catastrophic like $20 yeah. or less trajectory since I launched. Which isn't good, considering it's toys, yeah, as well. Yes. If that didn't put the nail in the coffin for, like, Toys to Life games, I don't know what did. (laughs) Right. I think what they need to do is just, like, get practical about it. So, like, hear me out here. Why give you a toy that's worthless? Maybe, like, what they do is take something like the sequel to Cuphead, and it's Toys to Life, but it's also a cup like it's a cup I can use that I can also scan into my game and maybe like something practical. there's accompanying plates and dishware that I mean nobody's <laughs> tried it nobody's tried you can partner with pottery barn you build you design your own cup <laughs> pottery it unlocks DLC I'm just that's a pretty good idea I hope somebody's listening you can have that one for free Whoever you are. You can just reach out to us. Send us an email. Yeah, just a free download. Go to the game. Like, you don't even have to give us the cups. We'll buy the cups. It's fine. Dishware to life. It's the next big thing. <laughs> We're going to be like all the old grandmas who have plates, like, displayed across their whole room. <laughs> except it's like shitty instead of like the peace garden state it's just like some shitty game from 40 years ago that nobody remembers (laughs) oh gosh we could revitalize like a whole market get those like plate hanger things back out there antiques to life yeah this is gonna be amazing big things (laughs) big things are coming my body is my
Okay, moving on to the Failbag, where we answer 20-year-old questions from old gaming magazines as if they were asking us. Sarah from Nashville, Indiana is asking, if someone gave you each $500 bills in small unmarked bills, a six-pack, and a beautiful playgirl, only if you would buy a virtual boy, would you buy one? I mean, do you think it's worth it? I think that just like the Game Boy, Virtual Boy will be a flop. What? What? <laughs> I don't know about that part. <laughs> about a month after the Game Boy was released, my friends were tired of it. Do you think that will happen to the Virtual Boy? <laughs> hmm. Well, let me just question your barometer for success. <laughs> your friends and you do not determine whether or not something is successful. <laughs> Although you may be right with the Virtual Boy. Yeah. If the Game Boy flopped, what happened to the Virtual Boy? That was like a disaster. Didn't even get to the point of being a flop. (laughs) And she said Playgirl. Like, does she mean I'm getting a copy of, like, the Four Women nudie magazine? Because if so, I definitely don't want to buy a Virtual Boy. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Unless... Hmm... Or is she talking about a Playboy bunny? Right. Just See, that's what I don't know, and I don't want to take the gamble. I mean, it was already iffy as is. I say take the gamble. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, just go for it. It's risky, but, I mean, it's $500, so you're probably ahead already. It's true. There's probably some STDs in there, too, as well, but... Let's do it. Screw it. Yeah, it's worth it. Buy one. Take the deal. Take the deal. Their friends probably love that thing to this day. Like, oh, yeah, the virtual boy. Remember the virtual boy? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, wouldn't that be weird if, like, yeah, there's, like, some bizarro (laughs) pocket of people who hated the Game Boy, but, like, fell deep into the virtual boy? (laughs) Game Boys suck. Their library is, like, 900 games. (laughs) I like having 14 games to choose from. It's way better. Yeah, Tetris is okay, but it's not 3D. Does it make your eyes bleed? I didn't think so. (laughs) Actually, if they've been playing it this long, they all have eye patches. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mike. Saying. What's up with this, all this virtual reality hoopla? You snap on a pair of goofy-ass glasses and immerse yourself in a world that emulates the real world? Uh, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that the games of the future will involve your car breaking down and having to get the parts to fix it? Oh, I know. You eat a large pizza and get constipated and have to... <laughs> have to that find is the not what happens when I eat a large pizza, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> constipation we wish Uh, well i don't get i don't get it i don't want virtual reality i want virtual unreality what's the point of it all anyway and whose bright idea was it to think of this crap up what is he reading that indicates to him that you're going to be doing like household chores with your virtual headset I think that was the stigma of what VR was back then. I mean, they didn't really have much to to gauge it on. I don't remember anyone pitching like, go 
change a tire on your car though like i literally right. have a vr game where you change a tire <laughs> do you really job simulator oh, you change a tire on a car so. <laughs> I, I guess shooty fruity is pretty close to menial labor too but yeah. at least you get a gun i probably have like four or five games that are like job work so yeah he's not so, wrong in some respect <laughs> but it's way better than he's making it out to be correct yes absolutely there's no repercussion wait a few years wait a few years vr is gonna get pretty dang good and by a few he and means like 20 <laughs> but you gotta you gotta wait 20 years and you will be blown away there you go yeah that's yes. absolutely the case in 20 years it will be the most successful vr has ever, ever been and it will still be fringe somehow, even though it's cost effective. It's still like this weird offset of gaming. Do you ever remember this is a movie in the probably early 90s? It's, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's a young kid that um, is like the president's son. And Sinbad is oh, in the movie. Yeah, yes. There's a whole scene in the mall. And there's that VR scene. That's yes! what I pictured VR back then. Dude, so. that's so weird because that's what I was picturing in my head is he was like reading this description. Like, why are brains went to that awful Sinbad movie that we both <laughs> still remember? You don't have to put awful. You can just say Sinbad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, Do you remember it was, what Man, it was Man of the House, wasn't it? What was it called? <laughs> Man of the House, I think. Let me check. Nope, that was a different Man one. That was that was uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, different different one. Uh, let's see. Yeah, what was with that? That like in the mid nineties, there was a ton of like movies that were like, oh, it's the president's kid. Yeah. There was like a couple like chick flicks. First about that kid, too. first kid is what it was called. Okay. Yeah, and it was the VR scene where like everything was polygons. Yeah, and just. It looked like nothing I wanted to ever touch ever, but they made it seem like it right. was so cool. <laughs> and yeah, the kid's like, oh yeah, just totally into it. But oh God, I have no idea why that's where my mind went when he was talking about I VR. forgot Sinbad was also a house guest with, uh, what's his name? Um, I just forgot his name. Phil Hartman. Like, that's so sad that Phil Hartman had to stoop to Sinbad's <laughs> level. <laughs> Blastos Phil Hartman. Blastos Phil Hartman. I wonder what the hell happened to Sinbad. Oh, I'm sure he's still around. He's working on a sequel of that movie. <laughs> but instead of first kid, it's like first comb over and he just plays Trump's hair. <laughs> Okay, Mike from Nashville. I'm writing about the crybaby on in issue number 75. The reason people don't give out moves or fatalities to dorks like you is because it takes a lot of time to master them. And then you do. And then when you do, guys like you come up and ask how to do them, which is damn annoying. Anyway, my point is that when you spend money on learning a game, you don't just give away what you paid for. That's insane. My suggestion to the special move challenged is to get the 
Arcade early and practice. Wow. This guy's bitter. He also kind of has a point. But yeah, yeah. it's like pre-internet troll. Troll. I mean, from there, you just, you know, make up stuff. That's what they did, right? Well, if you do this, this, and this, you'll have, you know, some some rumor fatality, fatality. that doesn't even exist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I never felt like anyone was that hardcore about combos, though, like growing up. Like, everyone just readily shared to them, I feel like. In fact, I remember going right. to the arcade with kids who had, like, crap written down on paper. And yeah. I don't know. But I mean, like he said, he put in his hard-earned money into that and work, and he doesn't want to give it to some noob. I can understand. What's this guy's opinion on the internet? Then he's gonna be right at home <laughs> on the internet. Is what's gonna happen? <laughs> he's gonna be the reason why every comment section is hell. Yeah. Hide those secrets. Mm-hmm. Is that what you do to Nate when you're playing Apex Legends? Don't tell him. Yeah. Don't give him any tips. Like I've been yeah, I, I directed him to like the tips wiki that I created falsely, <laughs> and that is why I have zero wins, <laughs> zero kills, <laughs> zero everything. It's all my faults. <laughs> I don't know what my end game is yet, but I'm getting somewhere. Uh, we got Travis from Stockbridge, Michigan. His idea this kind of br- brought me back to something I didn't think about in a really long time. He said, have you ever seen those Snackwell cookie ads? Which I don't think those exist anymore, do they? No. I have not seen Snackwells in a long time. I do recall the name, though, now that he's mentioning it. Yeah. Well, this game is called Revenge of the Cookie Man. In this game, you're the cookie man, and those fat ladies are chasing you, as usual. And when they try to steal your cookies, you stab them a thousand times. Ha 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 ha. Die, die, die. Uh-huh. Here comes the white coats. This is my third time on the lightning. I mean, <laughs> contextually, it's not all there, but I mean, this is kind of just Grand Theft Auto, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you could run around stab fat women all day long. <laughs> I suppose you could pretend you're offering them cookies. Was that the commercial? Was that the ad? Is there's like obese <laughs> yes. women chasing down just, snack wells? Yeah, and then they're just brutally murdered. I don't oh, know. Man, I can There's understand why this marketing kill. campaign <laughs> went south. Better eat these lightweight cookies, otherwise, it's a murderer after you. And it's called obesity. I was thinking he was going into like a poisoning route, but I guess just stabbing them over and over again is fine too. But. <laughs> Every time we read these, though, like, I'm like, was I really that messed up when I was, like, 12, 13? Like, I hope to God that I, I wasn't, but who knows? I'm still yeah. that messed up. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. There was something about that one that was like, okay, whoa. My movie pitch three minutes ago was a sequel to First Kid, where 
Sinbad <laughs> plays Trump's hair. I mean, <laughs> I'm not that far off of this Snackwell game idea, to be quite honest. I really want to sell it. Yeah? It's a good idea. I mean, if Urban Yeti can make it onto store shelves. Exactly. Some, somebody can. Right. <laughs> that's that's going to be picked up, greenlit somewhere. Uh, and finally... My game is called Fred's Ocular Cavity. The main character, a guy named Fred, is in a championship basketball game when, bam. Oh, no. A pop fly beans Fred right in the forehead. No. <laughs> yeah, poor Fred. When he wakes up, Fred finds his left eye is gone. He must run, oh through, <laughs> he must run through the entire town, armed with only his wits and a ravenous, hate-filled squirrel from hell trying to find his eyeball. If you succeed, you gain back your 2020 vision, get your license, and have a fatal car crash. Crash, okay. If you lose, the squirrel pours the lemon juice into the hole where your eye used to be. What? <laughs> My gosh, <laughs> this is so crazy. Why is the squirrel involved at all? Yeah, I was wondering where did the squirrel come into this? And lemon juice. They're sick. Go to the hospital. They can do eye transplants. Let's get you some help. No, the writer. We need to get the writer some help. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this sounds almost like a dream. Like, he had this dream, and he's like, oh, I've got to put this on paper. I'm just glad it was a lost eyeball and not like a shattered testicle, and it was a smack to the head and not smack to the groin. I can deal with the thought of an eyeball missing, but the shot of or the thought of shattered testicles is way more cringy to me. Oh, especially with lemon juice anywhere. Around. Oh god, that squirrel! Why would he do that? <laughs> Why does he have lemons? I'm never gonna trust squirrels again. No, oh, I'm gonna close my eyes every time I'm around lemons. That's probably just good advice, anyway. Yeah, you're right. Can we license license this game as a Kirby Pocket game? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I that like is it. So <laughs> bad. That's so bad. Man. MLB Kirby Ty Pocket. <laughs> the real life story. That's awful. Oh, man, you talk about a guy who like I loved as a kid, like every kid's hero, just like what a ass hat he turned out to be at the end of his life. Yep. He was like Minnesota's own little Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> Except he didn't have to die in jail. What, didn't he have like a stroke or something? Yeah. <laughs> this is <was> horrible. <laughs> At least the squirrel would make more sense in a baseball game, too, right? Because you're potentially playing in an outdoor field. Yeah. Basketball. Yes, Unless you're you're playing on the streets. Street ball. That's true. That might explain the rabid squirrels. Yeah. NBA GM style. Yep. Street slam. Rabid squirrel edition. <laughs> I gotta think it some of these are not legit and like the writers of this game players magazine are just, just put making them up. these up because they write a whole bunch of random things in a hat and they pull them out and they're like okay this is what the game's gonna be about yeah 
And this one gets to be a Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> Urban Yeti. Yeah, I think that's going to do it. So, uh, Nate, you want to wrap this up? Absolutely. Jeez, don't too... sound so happy about it. Come on. That sounded too eager. Let's tone it down, Nate. Tone Shit it can down. this thing. We're having fun, remember? You, uh, no, not you. We, we want to hear from you guys. So send us an email with comments, questions, concerns, cuss words, if you want, to weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. And you can always find information about the podcast and us at weekendpodcast.com. And as always, be kind and rewind. Bananas. Ooh. Sensual bananas. Big yellow bananas. <laughs> well, it's just going to be like one of those. I bet they're just going to put out like one of those dumb like Google VR things where it's just like slide it into like some. It's probably going to be some dipshit labo thing that I have to build and like stick to my face. It costs 20 bucks. But I don't know. I'm all for it. Like I'd be down with that.